Boys, cuts coming fast and furious of the NFL. We'll get to it. By the way, uh, a former Badger. I hope Ben Kenny is doing okay and slept all right last night. Jack Cohn cut oh, yesterday. News broke during. The, I know. Uh, you really hope Ben's all right. Ben Kenny and Bill. It's Michael. the Kenny and, and Bill's, Bill's Michael show. show. You really hope Ben's doing okay. Bailey Zappi's still safe, right, Rowdy? I mean, he was drafted, so. Yep. Yeah. Looks like I'm going to win that one, boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of uh, Badgers. No, the best part was it was a preseason game. I think it was a, one yeah, of the ben very first uh, preseason games where Bailey Zappi was rolling out, threw across his body, threw a easy interception, telegraphed all the way. And Ben sends the group chat that video and, and says, Bailey words. Zappi sucks. And that was it. And then fast forward another week, there's a Hard Knocks episode of guys just <laughs> trashing Jack Cole. That he couldn't run. That he couldn't run, and basically he's a turd. And then he's and then week later, another week later, he's cut. Yeah, so I hope Ben's doing okay. As uh, Bailey Zappi, it's the bet. Bailey Zappi, longer career, him or Jack Cullen. Cullen is no longer in the NFL. All right, boys. Speaking of Badgers, not former Badgers, but current Badgers, uh, a couple uh, guys met with the media yesterday. And there was a little breaking news. RJ, it happened after you had left us, but when Rowdy and I were on air, that the backup quarterback, and Rowdy sat on it for like 50 minutes before he said anything. Also, I just want to put this out there. I was listening when you're like, dude, why don't you say something? Say something. (laughs) Less than a week ago, they put out a grades for the highest rated NFL rookie quarterbacks in preseason. Yeah. Which that's what they're graded on because none of them have played a snap yet. Bailey Zappi came in in the top five. Really? Jack Cohn did not make the top eight. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting it out. Just putting it out there. Uh, but yeah, the news broke yesterday. Rowdy sat on it for 50 minutes before he even said anything, which I'm glad he eventually did say something. But yeah, quarterback Chase Wolf now out indefinitely with a knee injury. Now, if Chase Wolf was going to be playing uh, for the Badgers, I think the season is definitely doomed. Uh, that would be Graham Mertz would be out. So we'll see what Mertz does this year. Uh, Mertz, though, meeting with the media. We'll get the comments coming up. But with this, injuries happen. We've seen Mertz get banged up before. <laughs> I, I already know the answer that's going to come out of Rowdy's mouth, but I'm going to ask it anyways for you and Rowdy. What if Deacon Hill's got to play? Dude De- who's now the, the backup quarterback? Dude was in the All-Polynesia Bowl. Um, Redshirt freshman Deacon Hill. I'm, Zach Halpern says he's got a huge arm. He does. He's got he's got huge arm. Yeah. He's also a big boy. Yeah. In fact, I think our guy Craig had messaged me. He's closer to a defensive lineman than he is a quarterback. I think that's what Craig had messaged me on Twitter. <laughs> Rowdy, if Deacon Hill, if Deacon Hill's got to play this season, Winning hopefully it's early in the year thing. and it's at the end of the game. Yeah, I was gonna say. There we go. If Deacon Hill plays, maybe we'll see him Saturday. Yeah, maybe in the fourth quarter. Maybe the battle of the states. We could see him. We could possibly see him in all every game for the battle of the states. From Illinois State all the way to Ohio State. But, I mean, after that, if we're being <laughs> being serious, like what game would you like to see him serious. Would you like to see him appear in post-Ohio State if that's not a mop-up fest? I was gonna, c- Maryland? You, okay, <laughs> let me ask you guys, though. Couldn't you see Deacon Hill in the first four games this season, potentially? Isn't that his best well, shot each game? If you go back to 2019, the battle of the states? when oh, Graham right. Mertz was a true freshman and Jack Cohn was the starting quarterback... Graham Mertz got in three games and it was like the first three games of the year where he completed where he had like what 
five, six passes in those first few games and basically put on a clinic on how to hand off. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they still actually are selling uh, promotional tapes for <laughs> instructionals on how to do a correct handoff Is that like at the, the bookstore. The Tom Amansky, uh <laughs> AAU back-to-back-to-back national championships. It's, it's all about the footwork and the hand placement. Is there like a ver- is there like a no the huddle videos that high schoolers have? Is there a version of that for college? Like you send like scouts or something for the NFL? Graham Mertz could send those handoffs. I don't think I don't think you send. I don't think you send. They just they come to, to you. The they, just, they, they, they just send scouts they c- everywhere. The scouts come to you. Yeah. You don't go to them. Yeah, you yeah. don't send videos. Out those to guys have those guys have an area that they cover. That makes sense. Each and team. They, they it's it's kind of the same thing. It's like when Scott calls in. It's like hey, we'll let you know. We'll call you. Yeah. The NFL scouts will call you. Yeah, you. They let you know. They'll only, let you know. Yeah. He's only six three two fifty one. He lost weight, Deacon Hill. I know. Six three two one. Zach, our our sports director Hal Prince says this dude's got a rocket arm. Remember yeah. when you were looking him up and you're like scrolling through and you're like, oh, looks like he's like six two two twenty four. And then me and Zach looked at each other like, that's an old height and weight. Yeah, that's old. That's his freshman year of high school. <laughs> Deacon Hill's a big boy, big body. Let's see here. Let's see what they got listed. Uh, were you at Wisconsin Badgers website for that one? Maybe. Maybe. I hate four-star recruit by rivals, three-star by 24-7 sports and ESPN. He was in the Polynesian Bowl in Honolulu, invited to play in 2021, named the Santa Barbara News Press All-County Offensive MVP as a junior, and threw for 3,102 yards and 33 tutties and ran for 461 yards and 13 touchdowns. I mean, when you're built like Cam Newton, you can do that. <laughs> we just hope he doesn't dress like him. I think That's he's a little great. softer than Cam Newton. <laughs> well, actually... It- Madison does have the same a same weight though. Madison does have that farmers market. I mean, Cam Newton looked like some crazy mom or someone's crazy aunt that went to a farmers market. Looks like he was trying to be Steven Tyler, which looks like someone's crazy aunt at a farmers market. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that fits. No, but on a serious note, outside of those first four games, I think uh, Badger fans and probably the coaching staff in general, they're not hoping to see. Uh, you mean first three games? No, first, first. No, you got to go first four. four. He is not getting into the Ohio State game. It's not going to be that out of hand. Where's out of all the games, the first four of the most likely to see that him. he will see time in. Yeah, well, oh, I'd say first three. injury. First three. I'd say I'd throw the fourth in for because the fourth in more likely in than the others. Because even against Michigan last year. Like, it took him a while to even think about putting Chase Wolf in there. Now, I think the Badgers are going to beat Ohio State. You think, I think they're going to win every game. Correct. So, therefore, Deacon Hill wouldn't be in. But I would say, as Rowdy had said twice already, I'll say it now on a serious note, there is potential for Deacon Hill to get in against Ohio State. <laughs> for reals, though. <laughs> <laughs> there is potential for him to get in against Ohio State. But looking at after Ohio State, like Rowdy said, what would you think, Rowdy? You said Maryland? I don't, I I don't want to see him in any of them. Well, because well, if he's in any of them, clearly. Listen, this is for the Badger. Badger Il- will be Illinois. Trouncing Northwestern. Them. Maryland. I've seen some yuck it up games with the Badgers in these lower level teams like Illinois in 2019, like Northwestern any year it's in Northwestern and it's gray and gloomy. I don't need to see any of it. I want Graham Mertz out there and I want Graham Mertz to be consistent. And behind Deacon Hill will be true, true freshman Miles Burkett and they walk on true freshman Marshall Howe. I said that right. I'd assume so. This it's quarterback room is pretty like tough, boys. Pretty tough, boys. Yeah, there's tough. that's why there's nothing behind Graham Mertz. We knew that going into the season, even with Chase Wolf. It's uh, it was Graham Mertz or nothing. 
The King says Deacon Hill will come in to take the game, winning kneel down over Ohio State. <laughs> you wouldn't give it to Grant Mertz, or it would be Wisconsin just blowing him out well, so much. You don't, you don't want them to hurt your starting quarterback. Hey, Mertz. I've I seen know, it before where guys come and I know you just try to do that. I know it was just David versus Goliath, and you, you bested Goliath, and you beat down Ohio State, but we're going to have Deacon Hill finish it off for us, okay? If I was Mertz, I'd be like, I'm transferring. No, no. <laughs> what if he's on a certain yardage, and you don't want him to lose those yards? Let the other guy come take, I'm just saying take the I, knee to lose if yards. If I was the starting quarterback for Wisconsin and we beat Ohio State, yeah. I would want to see it all, all the way to the end and kneel the ball down. I wouldn't want to lose my <laughs> lose my yards. I'd say, sorry, Deacon Hill. Yeah. I'm going to do this one. All right. <laughs> I'm not. No. Chase Wolf out indefinitely. It's. I wanted to play one clip. I really Mertz. don't think this impacts your He team was already out of surgery, by the way. No, I mean, no matter. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, because Mertz. Yesterday. Heilprin, our sports director, said while they were talking to him, they asked about Chase Wolf, and Mertz kind of spilled the beans. He looked at the clock. He said, yeah, I think he's in surgery right now. Everyone's like, wait, what? What? Huh? Yeah. Like, at what point past the first time that you ever saw Chase Wolf play were you like, all right, Chase Wolf's going in. Let's score some points. We got this. Never. Like, everyone had that thought when he first got thrown in there because it it was like the revolving door at quarterback, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, let's see what Chase Wolf can do. Oh, ooh. Ooh, yeah. ooh. And then he immediately yeah. threw like three interceptions. Yeah. Like, ooh, 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 yeah. Oh. Ooh. Turnover machine. Okay. All right. Well, Mertz or nothing. <laughs> Moving on. Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to see Deacon Hill at the end of the Illinois State game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hear from Graham Mertz, Ches Malusi, Braylon Allen coming up. But our guy Dane, not Ron Dane, our guy Dane just logged on to Twitch and he uh, had said one thing. I just wanted to play him a little song here. I can be your hero, baby. Can hit away the pain. Kess Daddy goes yard last night. Walk off winner, third of his career, second of the season. Brewers and Rowdy will stand by Kess and Hero forever. Right with you, Dane. He does take a breath away. I love you, Kess Daddy. Mm, smooches. Also, if you wanted to get another song here, uh, we need a hero. Bonnie Tyler, Rowdy. We need a hero, and it was Kesson Hero last night. As well as uh, Gary Mitchell. Love it, dude. Good stuff. Feels good. They have the Brewers beat up on the low-level guys. Remember in the beginning of the season when the Brewers were just throttling the Pirates game after game after game, and all of a sudden they hit the skids against all the bad teams? I'm glad they're... Uh, Got three in a row. The first time since the end of July. Yeah, and it looked like they might blow that game last night, especially when they started to get to Corbin Burns later in his start. And you know what's weird? Hmm? Obviously, we talk about the Milwaukee Brewers struggling against these lower-level bottom feeder NL Central teams. But how about the Dodgers losing their season series to, to the, the Pirates? Pirates? They got mopped up they by the Pirates. They got beat by the Pirates in six games, 5-1. to one. Yeah, they were getting – the Pirates were just <laughs> oh, slapping some Dodgers' ass. Crazy, isn't it? Oh, um, by the way, speaking of the Dodgers, you know how us as Brewer fans. Well, what do you mean us? Former Brewer yeah, fans. what do you mean us? You mean me? When, you know, you're complaining about all the injuries to the starting rotation, and clearly the Brewers have had a lot of injuries. Yeah. Tony Gonzalez went on the IL yesterday for the Dodgers. So now that is how many, how many Dustin is that? May, Tony Gonzalez, uh, Walker Bueller, 
Clayton Kershaw. That's four right there. And all of the, well, three out of those four guys have been all-stars and Dustin May is a quality pitcher. And guess what? They sit at 89 wins. And still on pace to potentially have the most wins in Dodger franchise Uh, history. Unbelievable. But I digress. Wild. Wild. All right, Roddy. Uh, College football. Oh, my God. Saturday is the day. Six o'clock kickoff. Wisconsin welcomes in uh, Illinois State for Illinois State to get tuned up. Chesma Lucy, though, Braylon Allen, uh, Graham Mertz, Clay Cundiff, all talking yesterday to the media. I wanted to uh, get this other. We were talking, like, could Braylon Allen be a 2,000-yard rusher? And it's so rare. What, three have done it? Melvin Gordon, Ron Dane, Jonathan Taylor. Chesma Lucy uh, uh, talks about his goals for the year. Take a listen to Ches. One, I want to be able to do what the team needs for me to win. You know, I feel like I would have been available last year. I think things would have been a little differently. Uh, to end the year, and I just want to be, you know, the best running back I can. If that involves me rushing for over a thousand, and that's what it does. It involves me catching, you know, a bunch of passes, me getting a bunch of run, uh, receiving yards, and that's what I do. So I'm just, you know, playing for the team. Could we see Chaz get to a thousand yards? Braylon Allen over a thousand, Chaz Malusi over a thousand. I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't, especially because those are clearly the top two running backs on this depth chart when healthy. It's Braylon Allen and it's Chaz Malusi. And we've seen Julius Davis come up with injury. We've seen him thrown in the doghouse. We've seen Isaac Garendo pretty much every season come down with injury. And then it's been a collection of running backs after that that have filled in here and there, depending on their skill set. But those two guys are clearly the top running backs, oh, yeah. one and two on this roster. They got Isaac Garendo sitting back there, too. And if you look at the offensive line and what we anticipate with a lot of recruiting stars and a lot of talent on the offensive line, a line that seemed to get better as the season went on. Now they're all of a sudden with a little bit of a different philosophy from Bostad from what Rudolph had, but guys that are playing the position, they're best at playing, not just to yeah, top five. Offensive that's what line. we're talking about. I feel like there's no reason why both these guys, if they stay healthy, shouldn't have a thousand yards. I mean, how many times in the Wisconsin football past in the last 25 years have we seen multiple running backs run for a thousand yards? Hell, when they had Monte Ball, James White, and Melvin Gordon, they had three that did it. It's crazy. Braylon Allen talks. You know, on a healthy running back room, because if you remember, you know, Ches Malusi went down with an ACL injury, he had Isaac Grendel with a foot injury. It was Braylon Allen getting all the work, and he was just coming off uh, that weird COVID year where uh, high school football, they had a, it was spring, and then he went from co- uh, high school football to college football right away in fall, uh, so he never really had a break, but he talks about with him, Ches Malusi and Isaac Grendel already go what a healthy running back room would do for them. You know, all of us kind of rotating and uh, playing off each other. You know, having someone, you know, if you're tired or you can't, you can't go, having somebody in that you know is reliable um, and that can get the job done, it, it makes you more confident in, in yourself and uh, as a group. And then he talks about having Malusi and Garendo back, too. Yeah, having Ches and Isaac back is uh, huge for us, and they both bring a, a, some difference to the offense that I can. Um, just being able to play off each other. Um, I mean, we were doing it all camp, and it was a lot of fun, you know. So there's a little bit from Braylon Allen, and also he talks about how he improved this offseason. I think the main focus uh, football-wise was definitely pass protection and uh, route running. I think I've grown um, a lot that way. And then, you know, off the field is kind of more going into more of a leader and being more of a leader for, for the running backs and the offense and the team as a whole. Um, I think I've grown all those ways. So Braylon Allen talking right there, and then we turn our attention around to a little bit of a guy named uh, Graham Mertz. By the way, Graham Mertz. 
Interesting look, rocking at uh, practice yesterday. Long sleeves and a stocking cap on. It's like an 80-degree day yesterday. Graham Mertz trying to be style and profiling, I guess. Uh, Mertz, though, first it was asked about Chase Wolf because Chase Wolf, the backup quarterback, went down knee injury. Mertz is kind of the one who spilled the beans. Our, our sports director, Zach Halpern, was saying, and Mertz looked up at the clock and said, yeah, I think uh, Chase Wolf's in surgery right now. But Mertz talks about Wolf saying he's playing his best football before this injury. Yeah, I mean, Wolfie was playing his best ball. Yeah, trusting himself and just let go let it rip. And, uh, yeah, he, he was playing really good. So uh, so that's always frustrating when something sets you back like that. But, I mean, I mean he'll be, he'll be back ready to go. But speaking of good, now, listen, the Graham Mertz is playing a lot better than one Chase Wolf would be, Rowdy. That's why he's a starting quarterback. That quarterback room, though, is pretty, yeah, pretty head-scratching, pretty interesting. Even when we criticize Graham Mertz for not being consistent for some of the mistakes that he makes and some of the reads that he ends up uh, throwing. Yeah, we weren't calling for Chase Wolf. Yeah, no one's calling for Chase Wolf because we've all seen Chase Wolf. And even last year at times when he got into, was it the Eastern Michigan game and a, a few of those lesser games? Yeah, it's Graham Mertz. Yeah, Graham Mertz. Uh, Mertz, though. You know, we were just talking about the running backs. We know that Wisconsin football has always got that bread and butter of that running backs. Graham Mertz, though, talking about the wide receivers. Take a listen to what Mertz had to say. They got a little swag to them. They're, uh, they're having fun. They're competitive as hell. I mean, that's, that's so exciting for me. I mean, it's, it's a fun group. It's a group that loves each other. And uh, the cool thing is they know how to get each other open on the field. So that's, uh, that's pretty fun, too. They got some swag about them, Rowdy. Swag. The only thing that that means to me, though, when he's talking up some of these young receivers, and we've seen flashes from some of these young receivers, whether it be in the Arizona State Vegas Bowl Mm -hmm. or some of the practices where they're going against, you know, the one offense versus one defense, and we see Marcus Allen, we see Skylar Bell, we know Chimray DK is good, but we're seeing some of these young guys that didn't really get much run because the Kendrick Pryors were around, the Danny Davises were around, all these guys that had been there for so long and were just ahead of them on the depth chart. One thing is when Graham Mertz talks these guys up about kind of being raw, about having some talent and about, you know, kind of having some swag. swag. The thing is, if they are that good, Graham Mertz can't miss them. Graham Mertz can't be inconsistent. Brody, would you say they're swag surfing out there at practice? Oh, my God. This is like 2011. Are they swag surfing, Rowdy? Are we going to be swag surfing? Graham Mertz swagging out with the receivers? We know Braylon Allen's got swag. We know Ches Malusi's got swag. Isaac Rendell, I assume, has got some swag. He's fast. But can Graham Mertz swag out? Swag oh, surfing with the apologies. wide receivers? 2009. Even better. Uh. Should know about swag surfing, Rowdy? was a song that came out was very popular when I would have been in early high school. It got even better when Lil Wayne took it on his No Ceilings mixtape and rapped over it. If we're swag surfing with these boys, look out, man. We know the running backs are good. Let's get Graham Mertz balling out. Skylar Bell turning a lot of heads over practice with these one-handed grabs. Chimray DK going to be the guy. Let's effing go, dude. Keontas Lewis coming into the transfer. Let's swag surf. Let's do it. But if, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you talk these guys up and everyone thinks they're good just from what they've seen and, and that there's some real raw talent there, that means you can't be bad. <laughs> Speaking of that. You know what I mean? Our guy Dane says, having swag while throwing a one to two touchdown to interception ratio. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Come on, That's Dane. That's what I'm saying, You can't be saying that. Come on, bro. It's like you can't, you can't Come miss. Come on, man. You can't miss open throws. You can't 
force it into triple coverage. Like if there's a guy, if there's a guy open for, you know, say seven yards, but you force it deep into triple coverage for the 30 yard pass. You can't do that. Especially if you're out there, you know, in the public saying how good these guys are and blah, blah, blah. You can't be the one to let them down. Oh, Rowdy. Let's see here. Wiz Khalifa. And he's the older player. He's been there. Wiz Khalifa once said, I have so much swag. Airline security won't check my bag. I hope Graham Mertz has enough swag to not check airline base, but not to just check down. Like, I, I got to see something. I got to see something out of these first three well, games. Well, I'm fine with him checking it down. No, but I want to see him bomb. I want to see him hitting dudes. If they got so much swag, how many times have bomb, we, it out? How many times have we seen him not check it down, but try to make the big play because he's got the big arm talent, and then he throws it into triple coverage, and it's a pick. But other th- hey, He the said other, the little wide receivers know how to get each other open. The other part of those checkdowns, how many times have we seen him like throw a swing pass where it's wide open? And he misses Ugh. like an easy check down swing pass. It's almost like it's, it's too like 2018 easy. Aaron Rodgers. It's to get like, Michael holy fired. crap. And all this being said, you see Graham Mertz having the talent to be great, but then you see some of these things and you start looking like Craig council where you take your hat <laughs> off. You kind of have your head down. You're kind of just disheveled uh, going, what the hell's going on? Well, I see it, but why is this? Why do we play the way we do? So another uh, question mark we had, you know, because Barry Alvarez. I don't know if anyone knew this, but Jake Ferguson is Barry Alvarez's grandson. He played for the Badgers. That might be a surprise to some. But Rowdy uh, Clay Cundiff now talking about uh, his goal is to be the best tight end in the country. That'd be pretty nice. Well, Clay Cundiff, when we're looking at the roster, because we're talking about there's a lot of guys that flashed in the wide receiver room, a lot of a lot of young talent, but yeah. they were buried on depth charts. Jake Ferguson was there for a while. He's pretty good. And you always were looking. We're always looking for that next tight end because Wisconsin has had a really good run of tight ends the last 20 years. And Cundiff was the guy that made some good plays against Notre Dame, made some nice plays against Michigan. And I know there's a what? There's another name out there at tight end, but he always be hurt. Other than that, it's a lot of guys that you've never really heard of because they haven't really played that much. Well, check this out. Just because they're young and inexperienced. But yeah, Cundiff is the dude that he's the biggest name that's out there, the he's most athletic. Swag surfing too. Here's Cundiff on his goals. I want to be, I want to be one of the top tight ends. I mean, in the country, and I think I can do that. You know, I just got to show it. Oh, don't think it, know it, brother. Here is more from him on talking about what he brings to the table. I think I can do a little bit of everything. I mean. I think I'll be out there a lot. Any different formations, um, just helping the team block in in the pass game. I think it, I think I could do a, a little bit of both. So, don't think, just do. And here is Kundaf on Graham Mertz. So Mertz talking about Kundaf saying he's gonna be good. Here's Kundaf on Mertz. Uh, I think his headspace is better. I mean, a bunch of people are out there that are always trying to bring you down and stuff. And it's he's in a tough spot. I mean, he's the Rowdy. he's the quarterback. Everybody he? looks at him to kind of be carrying this team but it, it takes everybody like if takes a village one yard late on a route like that makes him look bad like everybody's got to be bought into all those details and so but i think i think graham's a really good really good headspace right now and he's ready that's good to hear also rowdy something we've been talking about he was the only one that really answered a question about who's behind graham Mertz with chase wolf down deacon hill cundiff was asked on his impressions of one 
big boy, 6'3", what is he, 6'3", 250? What is he? 240? Well, it depends because remember when he came into Wisconsin, it was like six foot three, six foot four, like 220 pounds. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was 260 something. <laughs> and then and his accident or sports said he lost a lot of yeah, weight. Yeah, then they said he lost weight. At these, I think it was like around 240. Well, here's a kind of on his impression of Deacon Hill. Fluctuations. <laughs> Take a listen. He's got a cannon on him. Yeah, I think uh, for him it's more mentally just getting getting more reps. Because I know fall camp, it's like just a lot of ones and twos. So he's he's got to take mental reps back there. And um, he's got to come this week, and he's got to bring it. He's got a cannon on him. Well, we've known you know that about Deacon Hill. That's all we ever heard. Dude's got a friggin' arm. Can sling that thang. <laughs> what's at stake certainly it's your least fun time of the year anytime you have to make some of those decisions but there's also a lot of opportunity because you're not talking about just the 53 you're talking about 16 practice squad players too so you know you don't have to make quite as much movement as you had to you know a few years back there he is matt lafleur talking about getting that roster down to 53 men someone who would never be cut our guy mike clemens in the house good morning mike does Nate Becker still have a job? I'm not sure. <laughs> good morning, Ebo. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing really good. Better than some of these players being cut, unfortunately. Um, well, they did get rid of Sal Canella, the tight end that, uh, you know, I tweeted during the game the other night. It's like, dude, you got a little over two minutes left in the game. You're driving downfield. The six foot five kid out of Auburn and Mike makes a nice little short catch on the right hand side. And then stays in bounds. Like what? What are you? What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, mental errors like that. Um, Kyle Byers is a big defensive uh, lineman, six foot three, out of Missouri. He was released earlier this morning. Dexter Williams, the running back that they brought back, because for a couple of days there in camp they were a little short. Kylan Hill, they put him on the PUP. He was the return man. Uh, they're number three back last year, so he won't be able to play for the first four weeks coming over that uh, torn ACL. So Dexter Williams is a former draft pick out of Notre Dame, uh, but it looks like they'll release him, and he probably will not go to practice squad. But whether or not uh, they keep both Tyler Goodson or Patrick Taylor for either you know Patrick's uh, pass protection or Goodson as a as a return guy or special teams or, you know, back up to Aaron Jones, that remains to be seen. So Mike, I'm looking here and this is one is kind of a surprise to me. I just, uh, I, I know when you were hopping on here, it just had happened. Uh, but the Packers had waived uh, Jawan Winfrey. Was this a kind of a, a shock? Didn't Aaron Rodgers kind of give him a little nod and some compliments and camp? Exactly. Ebo. That's the first thing you say is, wait a minute now. I mean, a couple of times, Aaron Rodgers not only talked about Romeo Dobbs, but look at number 88, Jawan Winfrey, a guy who, you know, when they were evaluating last fall, last November, what was going to happen in the offseason, it's like, you know, if Marquez Valdez-Scaling gets a big offer, we're not paying for it because we think Jawan could be the next kind of MVS kind of guy. But you know what? That's also a Christian Watson thing, you know? Yeah. Just in the last week that he's been back and out there, and from what they already saw and how smart he is, that's their tall, fast guy. And then Dobbs with, you know, just the kind of the gritty guy that he isn't over there. And, you know, somebody asked me the other day, well, so who do you think could be the surprise cuts? I said, well, 
I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is here, is Mercedes Lewis or Randall Cobb still here? Let's start there, shall right. we? Yeah. Right? Uh, because they, you know, they've they've had plenty of good receivers that look like they've got a lot of potential. But you know, you know, this is where you see guys like Jawan. They're going to get cut because they're holding on to some of those veterans in those spots. Uh, Mike Clemens joining us right now. Be sure to check him out and follow him on Twitter. Always some amazing stuff at Mike Clemens NFL. So, Mike, looking here, I mean, Matt Lafleur was talking about it, and they got out ahead of it before you know today. What three o'clock is the is the deadline? But Ty Summers. Uh, the linebacker, what, 2019 seventh-round pick was released. And what if, uh, I know you had sent the audio and uh, you from LaFleur, but what did LaFleur have to say about getting some of these guys out ahead of time before 3 o'clock? Because he's, he's trying to kind of help them out and find another job, is he not? Yeah, and you know, uh, it's a, when you look at Isaiah McDuffie and the camp that he had and the things that he was putting together, it was getting, and then, of course, you know, you use your first-round pick on Quay Walker, that pushes Ty Summers back to fourth, to fifth, to sixth. Um, Seventh-round pick, um, and always a, a kid that played with you know a lot of heart, smart, very articulate, a great kid to be around. Um, Ty Summers could be a football lifer maybe someday as a coach. And I just asked Gutekunst a couple of weeks ago. I said, you remember that camp? I think it was 05. And, you know, when you were bringing in, you still had Javon Walker, maybe it was a year or two later when they also had brought in Greg Jennings. There was a guy that was an over-the-middle pass catcher named Robert Ferguson. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Playing with Favre. And, you know, but he'd had some injuries. But, yeah, first couple of weeks in camp, and, hey, it looks like Robert's doing pretty good and got that great upper body, and he could throw the ball over the middle. And Ted cut him like two weeks into camp. It was a shocker. <laughs> and Ted came up and said, you know what? We just know at the end of the day there probably is not going to be room there for him at the back of the line, and we hope that he catches on with another team. And he did. He caught on with the Minnesota Vikings, didn't play much longer after that because the injuries continued. And I asked Goody about that, and he said, yeah, you know, we, uh, we, we first and foremost we do what's good for the Green Bay Packers <laughs> because there's so many things that he believes in what Ted says. So what did LaFleur say, the first thing he said on Sunday? Well, we're doing this now because we hope he catches on with another team. Because he was a well-liked guy. Yeah. But you know the other thing, too, is Evo, they had two more practices left. Mm-hmm. You want to send a lightning bolt through the locker room? Hey, we just got rid of Ty Summers. How do you feel about these next two practices, right? Yeah, that's tough. That's how you get guys to say, holy, man, they just here's a guy that's had a job here for three years, and they already cut him. So that means I still got a chance, but that also means to the other two or three-year guys, Man, they're serious. Uh, you know, I better do the best I can over these next two practices. Well, what was Robert Tunyon talking about? He was like, you know, you you have to be positive in the locker room. You always got to treat everyone like, you know, like they're going to stick around because you don't know what's going to happen, right? So you don't want to have any bad blood there. wasn't Wasn't Robert Tunyon kind of alluding to that, Mike, in the audio? And I think that's also the one of the best characteristics that Matt Lafleur brought to Green Bay is that I'm going to connect with these guys. I'm going to listen to what they say. I'm going to set up a new tent this summer of 2022 with, where the family can be there. But at the same time, I'm going to keep up with the demands. And so I think what Tanyan is saying is, look, man, you know, I mean, it's, it's quiet in there today. There's mm-hmm. no question about it. And, and even a guy like Rogers may show up to say goodbye to some of these guys because, you know, he's ridden on the team buses with them in the planes and whatnot, and you feel bad about it. But Tanya is saying, it's the NFL, man. It's hard. 
And it, it's amazing that you even got to this level. And don't feel like you're unemployed and you're never going to work again. You may get picked up by another team. Or you may get called back by this team. If we have a dozen people get injured between now and November, you will be back. You know, it doesn't take 53. It doesn't take 69 with the extended practice squads. You know, like McCarthy used to always say, it took 78 players in 2010, the year that they won the Super Bowl. So don't feel bad about getting cut, okay? Mm-hmm. It's a, it was amazing that you were one of 90 on the field. So that's why he says, you know, we, we keep it positive. Yeah. You know, we joke around a little bit. Don't, don't, because these guys will go home, and in about two or three days, the depression will sink in, and they may say, ah, screw it, I'm never going to pick up a weight again. No, keep in shape because the phone may ring. So, Mike, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, not, not a cut down or nothing, but someone who's on the PUP list, the PUP list, what's up with Mason Crosby, man? Is uh, he still on that PUP list? And if so, doesn't he miss the first four games? I don't know what's going on with that that game that the Packers are playing right now. Because this, you know, in practice, Ramiz Ahmed, you know, some of these field goals he's kicked have looked pretty good and in the wind. I mean, they've tested him. And I know a friend that was actually sitting and having lunch at the back-to-football Chamber of Commerce luncheon, was that last Thursday, mm-hmm. in the atrium, was sitting next to Mason. And he was saying the same thing that he said to us last time he kind of did a presser. No, I'm, hey, it was six weeks ago. We're on track. We're on pace. You know, things look like, I sh- and I'm starting to kick now this week. And I asked, you know, LaFleur about that. But So why would they wait to the very last minute till 3 o'clock today to take him off the PUP? Would they, and he's got a 293-game consecutive streak. I mean, that's, that's a secondary thing. It's just who's going to be the most available kicker 100%. For week one in you know less than 14 days against the Vikings up in Minnesota, so I, I think that's very curious as to why they're playing around with that. I, I'm pretty sure long term, whatever that Brian Goodikins, the reason he brought him back for one more year, and he's 30, he's going to turn 38 next week, is because he's like, hey, once that Neil is 100 percent and it's in November and you need a game-winning field goal out there at Lambeau Field. I want Mason Crosby on the field, not some guy that's never been in that pressure. Because, sure. you know, the kickers, they, they look great for two or three weeks, and all of a sudden they, they go south on you. Yeah, uh, crazy. Can't wait to see what happens. Mike, before I let you go here, and always awesome stuff per usual, this day is always pretty wild when it comes to all the cutdowns. Any, uh, um, Jawan Winfrey kind of shocking, but does Mike Clemens think there's going to be a shock one way or the other? Someone gets capped or someone gets cut? Uh Let's see, Chris Slayton's already been cut, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, on defensive line. And you know what that shows to me is that I think they like some of these offensive line guys. I think guys like, like the big guys like on the offensive line, like Caleb Jones and Rashawn Walker, you know, I think because they're probably not 100%. I mean, I know Elton Jenkins and Bakhtiari are technically back on the field. But when are they really going to be ready? And, you know, you don't want to start letting these guys get out the door. So I think that's going to be an interesting situation. Um, I think Tariq Carpenter, uh, number 24, a seventh-round pick this year, um, he's been too hit and miss for me. Great kid, and I thought he would have had, frankly, a better camp or flashed more. He's had one or two plays, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets cut and then maybe practice squad after that. But other than that, you know, we'll they've see. got all these defensive linemen that they want to keep, but I think there's a couple of these tackles that really impress them. And so do they 
trade Royce Newman or something like that so they could make way for some of these tackles mm-hmm. that they need? Who knows? Who like knows? I, I thought it was a brilliant move, you know, with the Cole Van Lannan thing to Jacksonville to get a seventh-round pick for him because I thought he probably would have been cut today. Very interesting cut out of Tampa that just went down. Wide receiver Tyler Johnson, former gopher, cut. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, out of Minnesota. Yeah, how about that, Mike. We'll keep uh, we'll keep an eye on all these things going. We appreciate your time, my man. We'll keep uh, listening to the, your awesome reports and Bill Michael Show, Grant Show, my show, Mike. Uh, head on a swivel today, my friend. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, boys. See you, buddy. There he is, Mike Clemens, our guy. Rowdy, you don't have any children, correct? Despite yeah. having two dogs, you don't have any children, correct? Not that I know of. But you want to throw your hat in the ring about some parenting correlations or some parallels here. Yeah, with the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm curious. Please, do tell. There's a lot of different kinds of parents, correct, Ebo? You've seen it. You got the you got the parents that are super tough on their kids. You got the parents that aren't tough enough. There's a whole wide variety yeah. of parents when it comes to their children and how they act. There's helicopter parents. There's hands-off parents. There's deadbeat parents. There's, and I think a lot of people would agree that probably the best parent is the one that's kind of in every, a little bit of every single one of those parents. I'm not a parent either, but you know, I would assume parenting is probably one of the toughest things one could ever do. You kind of got to be hard. Sometimes you got to be loving. Sometimes you got to be everything, right? You can't just be the one far extreme every single time. Yeah. I'm going to relate this to parenting with the Milwaukee Brewers because last night and over the weekend, Garrett Mitchell has come up, played in the eighth inning on Saturday when I was in attendance, played a little defense. Sunday finally got his first crack at playing Major League Baseball in the starting lineup, got his first hit, continued to start on on, um, yesterday, Monday, hit his first home run, picked up another, you know, more hits, looked good, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there's a little bit of a spark here in center field where the Milwaukee Brewers were in the bottom five production-wise in Major League Baseball from the center field position. You had an aging Andrew McCutcheon that would occasionally play center field. He's probably your best option. You had Lorenzo Cain, who was it was the dying career of Lorenzo Cain. It was honestly sad to watch mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year before they officially came to make an agreement and DFA'd. And then since that, it was Tyrone Taylor, who has played much worse than he did last year. And at best, he's an average fielder and his hitting has been below average this year. Yep. Jonathan Davis, you know, maybe an above average defensive outfielder, but his hitting's even worse than Tyrone Taylor. He has no pop. We've been waiting for a bat or for an exciting player, especially at the center field position, pretty much since day one. You finally brought up Garrett Mitchell. He's coming up, and in, and in three games, he's played really, really well, and he's exciting. He was your number one pick in 2020. Yeah. He was playing in AAA after he was called up about a month ago and killing it. My thing is, why should I sit here and tell the Brewers how great they are and congratulate them for this Bryce Mitchell deal when it's like the kid you asked to clean their room and then four months later they finally do and then you tell them you're the best. They should have done Garrett it. Mitchell? What? Did you say Bryce Mitchell? 
Garrett Mitchell. Oh, you said Bryce. I was looking. Garrett Garrett Mitchell. Yeah, you said Bryce. Garrett You've, Mitchell. You finally brought him up. You finally gave a guy. Learn your son's name, Rowdy. You Come finally on. gave a guy that was playing well in the minor leagues. It could have been Sal Freelich. It could have been Ruiz. It could have been Mitchell. All three of those guys were deserving to get calls this season. Yeah. And it took you this long to finally call him up, and you're getting production. You're starting to get a spark. The offense has played well since. Uh, Garrett Mitchell has been called up, scored seven runs on Saturday, eight runs on Sunday, a lot more runs again yesterday. The offense has been good. He's been productive. He's getting on base, hitting lower in the order, shown a little bit of pop, shown that he's above average defensively. Why should I all of a sudden clap for the Brewers organization that they brought up a center fielder when we've been looking for one all year and you didn't add one at the trade deadline and you waited this long for something? Again, it's like the kid you told to clean their room four months ago and they finally did it. Then you give them cookies and tell them they're the best. Here's a Snickers for cleaning a room, little Johnny. You did it. And then the other thing with Garrett Mitchell is the fact that he's kind of he's very, very similar to Keston Hira when it comes to draft ceilings and, and draft profiles. This was a kid coming out of UCLA that was seen as a top five talent, yeah. just like Hira was kind of seen as a top five talent, but dropped because Hira had the elbow. He had the questionable defensive position with the elbow, but the best bat. Garrett Mitchell is one of the most athletic kids coming out in the draft. When healthy, was a five-tool player and was expected to be a top five prospect reason why he fell all the way to 20 is because he had some injuries where he missed time at UCLA and he had diabetes where they weren't sure all the road trips in the big leagues that might kind of throw something out of whack. So there were question marks there, but without the question marks, he was clearly a top five talent. He fell to you at 20 David Stearns for the Keston here, Garrett Mitchell and a few, it's even Sal Freelich. He's got big-time value on these guys because those three guys in particular were guys that were seen as much higher-rated prospects, but because of one thing that got blown out of proportion, they dropped in the draft. He did a great job finding value, but now that's where I go to the other side of parenting. We talk about so funny. we talk about the one parent that's you know just lollygagging around. Oh, yeah, you're so great. You finally cleaned your room after I asked you four months ago. Here's Snickers. And now here's the complete opposite end of the spectrum. You have a guy like Keston Hero who you had a lot of ability. Straight-A student, always cleans his room. And that's the parent where the dad always thinks that his kid needs to be better, needs to be Never more, good enough. And it was never good enough. You're never he, good enough, Keston. Went, yeah, he went four for five, and he, he should have went five, five for five. 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 He hit two home runs. He should have hit three home see runs. My, I didn't want to see my son. I didn't come here to watch an RBI single. Oh, I wanted a home run. You haven't played good enough, so that means I'm not going to start you. But, Dad, I went four for five and a home run with a walk-off winner. Should have went five for five. Isn't it weird, Ebo? Some people have been clamoring for Keston here to get more starting playing time since 2019 and yet they wouldn't do it they'd almost come up with reasons for him not to play Mm -hmm. and now that they're forced to kind of play him a little bit oh we're finding out that he's productive oh maybe he's not the 320 hitter he might have been that we thought he could be you know three years ago but he's still a guy that's productive that's gonna bring in a, a ton of home runs and rbis and still hit at least 250 Oh my gosh, we should have played him more. Oh my gosh. Oh, but that wasn't good enough. We needed the 300 and the 45 RBIs and the 100 RBIs because he's supposed to be our four hole hitter behind the MVP and Chris 
Christian Yelich. Why are <laughs> oh they so gosh. hard on on Keston Hira, but then they baby the hell out of Christian Yelich? I see the freaking media sitting there talking like Christian Yelich is all of a sudden a god again, like he's an MVP. The guy does this like he he'll go bust off for like a week every couple months. Yeah, at least it's at the end of the season we where have you, to hear you need about him. How he's back. I'd rather, like, I'd rather have him being hot right now at the end of the crap. season than not. No one criticizes him when he goes 0 for 35, but they kiss his ass when he has two good games in a row. Uh, let's Come see, on, media, be better than that. You were described currently as the Skip Bayless of Madison. Uh, the King says, you can't say we when you're no longer a Brewers fan, Rowdy. Uh, let's see here. Uh, and Rowdy, knock on wood so you don't have any kids after going on a parenting rant. <laughs> there you go, Rowdy Parenting and the Milwaukee Brewers. Phone lines blowing up over it. Wow, my radio was in fuego yesterday from over the line setting the tone at a insanely high level, which we do every day, to then the Kenny and Bill's Michaels show crushing it, and then the Wisco Sports Show finishing things off. Wow. All I can say is wow. Grant Bills of the Kenny and Bill's Michaels show and the Wisco Sports Show. Good morning, Grant Bills. Good morning, Evo. We really have a lot of uh, radio firepower from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. on our network. We don't are we? locked it's, and loaded. It's really quite something. Locked but, and yeah. loaded. Ready to just, whew. Uh, Grant, I, now I know you uh, off air conversation a little bit, said you had a tough time sleeping last night, and it was kind of over uh, the Badgers. I'll talk to you that momentarily, but I have to ask, and I, I honestly haven't, Heard, I didn't hear you talk about it on the Kenny and Bill's Michael show yesterday or the Wisco Sports Show, unfortunately. I had some prior engagements. But Grant, from uh, over the weekend, we had from Fauci Stooges to, uh, you know, Biden falling over and dying at any moment to, uh, you know, the NFL being a bunch of hypocrites and just people in general being hypocrites. How seething were you after Aaron Rodgers dismantled the brainwashed narrative out there on the Joe Rogan experience? Um, being honest, I thought they made some good points. I think Rogers goes on, you're breaking up a little bit. These podcasts really have that much to offer. Like I, I, for the second half of the podcast, it was just Joe Rogan talking about things. And then Rogers like agreeing with him. Um, were you pretty, were you pretty pissed? Were you pretty mad? No, why would I get mad at the podcast? You agreed with some of it. I know, like he's cutting it out. They, they make some it. good points. That's that's normally how I listen to Joe Rogan, and it's like there, there's plenty of good points mixed in there. Joe Rogan's a smart guy; he wouldn't have a huge podcast. Yeah. Was I was just guy. curious because I know you're, you know. So, I here, here, here. If if you if you really want, do you want to do it? Fine, we'll do that. Here, no, I was just I was just curious if you, if your brain was able to handle Aaron Rodgers dismantling the trance sheep. Uh, I just find it interesting that two gentlemen like Joe Rogan and Aaron Rodgers, who seemingly don't believe this pandemic is real, still enjoy talking about it this much years after the fact. I don't think they, just, ever they, said they that. can't quit it. I don't think they ever said that, Grant. Yeah, at the beginning, you know, Rogan's like this pandemic, air quotes. It's like, okay, well, you don't believe it's real. Why do we got to talk about it then? These guys, Aaron Rodgers, Evo, do you not agree? Aaron Rodgers loves just canceling himself for this. He loves talking about how he's been a victim of it. Well, I, he I has been. He was. Habitual, a, a habitual I still, like I himself. still see Packers beat writers still trying to cancel Aaron Rodgers over it because they're a bunch of losers too. No one's trying to cancel Aaron Rodgers. What are you talking about? That's just how I uh, perceive it, Grant Bills. Yeah, I, it was a, it was a fun podcast. I enjoyed it. I listened to it <laughs> on my drive back from Milwaukee. 
Yeah, hey, by the way, I, I know this is a sensitive topic for you, so I'll drop it. But, Grant, when it comes to uh, you going to Milwaukee, how was the Zone studio for you? Because oh, you did your show here on Friday. Oh, oh I did. And, uh, and thank you for your, uh, your accommodation, hosting me and, and, and bringing me into the fold. It's, it's such a, an exclusive fraternity you, uh, you allowed me into on Friday at, at the Zone, uh, your large, large studio. Actually, an awesome studio. I had a great time. Uh, Rob Reichel was on the show. Uh, we talked to Packers. It was great. And uh, I, I got to meet up with Rowdy in person, somebody I almost never get to see. So it was a great time, uh, genuinely. I, I had a great was Rowdy time. Good, was, was Rowdy a good help? Time. Was Rowdy a good help running the board? Of co- uh, well, see, Evo, I, I, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm a good solver, good troubleshooter. I, I can figure out the board. I, it was just nice to see Rowdy and, and chat about sports for a while. Normally, I sit by myself in a studio all day waiting for my show to start. I, I don't get any camaraderie. I don't get any chit-chat. So that was nice to get on Friday. Well, Grant, what I really enjoyed was when you had joined us for a Badger tailgate. I hope you to, again, you do that this year. Obviously, oh, my yeah. couch is up for you to sleep on. It's no problem. You can sleep there as many times as you'd like on my mega couch. But, Grant, uh, you did say uh, you were up you know, tossing and turning. How torn up are you about the Wisconsin Badgers and the, uh, the quarterback, the backup quarterback, Chase Wolf, going down? Are you concerned well, about this, or is it just, well, hey, no matter what happens, if there's a backup quarterback in, the Badgers are doomed? I'm sick to my stomach about it, Evo. I don't know what the Badgers are going to do. I I previously thought that this team had national title aspirations, and now I'm not so sure. I, I personally believe that we should spend the rest of the day, all hours of the Bill Michaels show, and I will dedicate both hours of my program as well to talking about what the Badgers are going to do at backup quarterback, because the way I see it, I don't see another uh, another pressing topic in Wisconsin sports radio right now bigger than this. Deacon Hill, man, I, I you can tell I'm being sarcastic. I just I'm re- really I've been care. ready for Deacon Hill for like a year now, <laughs> and I'm not being sarcastic. I, I woke up and I heard you guys talking about this, and I'm like, this is this is probably not my topic, not my thing. I, I probably uh, I'll probably leave this one to Ben Kenny on Zach Heilprin. But I mean, I don't know. Did we think Chase Wolf was the Stud waiting no. in the wings. I mean, no. Graham Mertz is stink. It stinks, and he plays over Chase Wolf or Mike Wolf or whatever. What's his name? Chase Wolf. Chase, yeah. you got it. So I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not really too bad. Well, how about, about this? this? The only thing that was waiting in the wings with Chase Wolf was another turnover. Right. See, Sheesh. there we go. Oh, he's not wrong though. All right, Grant. How about this? It is in your wheelhouse. Um, and yes, I did. I did hear you insinuate this or bring this up on the Kenny and Bills Michael show yesterday. Rowdy and I were pretty uh, perplexed and angry about Freddie Peralta being pulled from a no hitter and then losing to the Chicago Cubs on Friday. Were you but, even? Were you even watching? Were you even watching, or did you just see it after the fact and you're like, no, I was I on. Need to be I was at a I was at a bachelor party and a lot of us had bet on the game, so we had it on while we were partying uh, in Watoma in a cabin on the lake mm-hmm. for the bachelor party. So yes, it was very spirited because we had a lot of money. On the Brewers. Well, they did. I didn't. That this was a left-handed fun. pitcher at first. All right, so, uh, but Grant, Brewers then rattled off. They've won three in a row now, the first time since the end of July. Keston Hira getting it done with the walk-off, and Garrett Ooh. Mitchell, who they just called off, uh, tying the game in the eighth inning. How are we feeling about the Brewers right now and their chances of potentially making the playoffs? Evo, I feel great. And here's what I've talked myself into. Uh, I-, I think here's what's going to happen. The Cardinals are going to run away with the division, and they're going to win it by eight or nine games. And I think the Brewers should allow them to run away with the division. Not that that's really in their control, but mentally, spiritually, allow the set the Cardinals free. Let them run away with the division. The Brewers are going to scrap it out in the trenches for that last wild card spot. They're going to get hot in September because that's what Craig Council does. That's his specialty. Uh, 
And by the time the Brewers get to the playoffs and match up with the Cardinals, the Brewers will have been playing playoff baseball for weeks. Meanwhile, the Cardinals have gotten fat and happy on their eight-game lead or whatever it's about to be in the division. And they're, they're, they're fat and happy. They're not locked in. And, oh, my God, look at the Brewers. Here they come. And the Brewers knock out the Cardinals. Because the Brewers are they're rearing to go. And the Cardinals have, you know, they've taken their foot off the gas a little bit. So that's my new hope. That is how I'm rationalizing it to myself. Um, I, honestly, I, I don't know what the Brewers are going to do. Fun to watch Garrett Mitchell. Keston here getting a hit is cool. And I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but uh, I, I don't know what's going on with Yelich the last couple of days, but he's actually hitting the snot out of the ball. Uh, I I don't know maybe why that is. Does anyone have any theories? Is this something you guys have talked about? I hope he's back on PEDs if you ever stopped. I would say <laughs> just uh, as a casual observer, maybe it's his time of the month. Because he does this every once every few months where he has like a nice little week and everyone goes, is Christian Yelich back? And then he goes back to garbage Christian Yelich. Rowdy's a Braves fan now, by the way. His his accomplice is back in the outfield signaling his pitches. Go go look at his little game log. He had a nice little spurt in, in April. He had a nice little spurt in May. He's had like three or four weeks this season where he's been Christian Yelich. He's been really good. But then he keeps reverting back to the 2020 to 2022 Christian Yelich. And we're like, man, where is that guy that had that one week spurt where he hit like four home runs? I was told by a listener on Twitter last night after the game, and and this is his word completely, not mine, that I'm supposed to put you, uh, Nelson, on Mount Notice. Oh, uh, because you shouldn't you shouldn't be allowed to talk about the Brewers because you gave up your fandom. I believe this tweet said you should never be allowed to talk Brewers on over the line again. Again, he not still has to word. cover them though. You don't have to be a fan to yeah. cover them. He's got a Braves hat on today. Grant, I started I started the show playing uh, Garrett Mitchell home run highlight and then Kesson here home run highlight. I know the Brewers won, and the first thing out of Nelly's mouth, Nelly's mouth was just "Screw the Brewers." FM was negative. It, that's not what I said at all. <laughs> well, it was pretty it, darn close. It was basically that. It was the Cliff Note version. <laughs> Such a fun game last night, too. So hard to be negative on a day like today. Now, I guess the, the, the Chase Wolf news is, <laughs> is enough to make anyone sad and ruin anyone's mood. But the Brewers, yeah, fun three games. If they can actually beat the Pirates and the Reds and the Cubs for the last month and do it with consistency, this team could make the playoffs. I mean, they made it in 2020. It's not like they were world beaters, but they could make the playoffs. And as we've seen, here I go, talking myself into things. All you got to do is get in, get in, get hot. You never know. Uh, let's see here, Graham. Before I let you go, you know, you always accuse me of going on your Twitter account and just reading tweets verbatim. I haven't looked at your Twitter account yet. But let's see here. Uh, <laughs> a lot of brewers, a lot of brewers, a lot of brewers. Anything? Uh, Jason Lane. Yes, a lot of people up in arms over Jason Lane yesterday. Dude. That, that was it's been all that season. Guy. It's been all season. I don't know why people are just complaining about it now. Well, it's, it's He just sucks. After, especially because I saw Grant sucks. tweeting about this, after you see the speed that Garrett Mitchell had on the stolen base, he got a great jump off that <laughs> oh, at bat and was rounding third. And the guy's just like, nope, nope, Grant, nope. I have it. You, I already answered the question. He just sucks. Grant, I have to ask you this. And I just sparked me because I'm looking I at your Twitter card, by the way. You guys want it? No, I'm good. Jason Lanes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grant, you were at, so Rowdy was at American Family Field on Saturday. You were there Sunday. Dave from Monona called in yesterday, and I hope this didn't happen, but it was his words. He said he that he's harassed your girlfriend. Dave from Monona, he said he harassed your girlfriend, 
And then something about a hot dog. It sounded like he had a good time. I hope it wasn't too much harassment. How was hanging out with Dave from Monona at American Family Field? Uh, it was a great game. Dave got me tickets and a preferred parking pass because oh. I believe that's what he does for work. You know, he just he schmoozes and, you know, he's walking around the game, shaking hands, kissing babies with customers and clients, you know, like he does. He's a man of industry. Um, see, this is the thing about Titan Dave. Of industry. Dave on Titan. air wanted to be portrayed as this villain. And he is in, like, making inappropriate jokes type of way. Yeah. But other than that, Dave is a great guy. <laughs> so we uh, we talked to him in the parking lot, met some of his family members who were at the game with him. That was great. Uh, and then me and my lovely girlfriend, we went in and sat in the nice padded club-level seats that Dave gave us. Ooh, yeah. uh, she is a big hot dog fan, so we had to get her some hot dogs. And uh, watched a pretty good game and got out of there and got to the car right before the pouring rain started. Nice. So I'd say oh, that's, uh, that's a success. Nice. Uh, and Grant, before I let you go, hopes, dreams, yes. and aspirations of the Green Bay Packers besides Aaron Rodgers dismantling the mainstream uh, stupid narrative. Uh, what do you think? Are we going to win the Super Bowl this year? Or are you going to cross your fingers and pray that Rodgers gets hurt like week one? No, that would be very stupid uh, as Rodgers is my favorite quarterback in the league huh. and is the leader of my favorite football team. Interesting. Uh, hopes, dreams, and aspirations. Super Bowl or both? Love it. We're That's doing all I this for what? The 10th year in a row? 11th year in a row, Super Bowl or bust. Nothing else matters. That's all I needed to hear, Grant. We love you, buddy. Good job yesterday on the Kenny and Bill's Michael Show. You guys crushed it, and you'll definitely crush it again tonight, my friend. I appreciate the time. It was nice to chat with you all. You have a lovely day. Smooches. See you, Grant. There he is. Dave said some really choice words about his experience with Grant Bills. Well, Grant, Grant, Grant totally. Grant, Grant just let us yeah, know. Yeah. Breaking news. Grant's girlfriend. Grant huge fan time. of hot dogs. <laughs> 